Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. Once again, I'm flying solo this week, but you get to hear my thoughts on my wife and I's adventures down in Louisville this weekend for the Louder Than Life Festival and how the town of Shepherdsville decided that they wanted to make us wait for food as much as humanly possible without causing me or my wife to go into a fit of rage. Got that to talk about, and we also have our week three NFL reactions. So, after the guitar riff, we give to you the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ, and once again, I'm flying the ship solo this week. Uh, Lucas was unable to join us due to prior commitments, so... You guys and gals are stuck with me again this week, so I hope I don't put you to sleep with NFL talk and what we did this weekend, but uh, I am glad to be able to share some of those experiences with you this week. And before we kick the show off, I just want to say to anyone who listens to the show, friends, family, anyone right now that's living in the Florida area, my thoughts and uh, everyone involved with our show's thoughts are with you guys as uh, Hurricane Ian is getting ready to uh, unleash its fury on you guys. Uh, please stay safe. Uh, we, even if you guys never want to listen to our show again, just want people to stay safe, come out of this unharmed, and looking much better than you did before. So please stay safe, guys. So my thoughts and Everyone involved with the show's thoughts are with you guys, so uh, be safe out there. Um, well, getting uh, into my weekend, before we kick off the uh, our thoughts on NFL Week 3, uh, the missus and I took a trip down to Louisville this past weekend for the Louder Than Life Festival, which... We've gone to every year since its inception in 2015. The uh, lineup this year was... Incredibly appealing to me. Uh, I got to scratch quite a few bands off the old bucket list that I've always wanted to check out. Um, The festival itself was awesome. Uh, We did stay about 10 or 15 minutes outside the venue in a town called Shepherdsville, which uh, that city, I don't know what was going on with that city, but uh, we did not have a great experience in Shepherdsville. I'm sure that the people that live there are super awesome. Everyone we encountered was super nice, but I swear every day that my wife and I were in that town, we had some kind of issues with it. Uh, We checked into our hotel. I'm not going to put them out there on blast on social media. For the most part, it was a pretty good stay in there, but uh, we got there a little early. Thought we were going to be able to check into our room before we headed down to the festival, They weren't quite done getting our room ready, so the lady at the front desk tells us that we can go ahead and leave our bags in our room, don't have to worry about them, and they just needed to make the beds and we should be good to go. Well, there was nobody in our room, the door was wide open, I didn't feel 100% comfortable leaving our bags in there, I mean our clothes for the whole weekend were in there. Usually when my wife and I travel, we take our iPads. Well, we both have AirPods so we can, you know, listen to music, whatever. Uh, when we're doing our thing, didn't feel 100% safe leaving our stuff there. 
So I told her we're going to leave our take our bags to the car. We'll just take them to the venue, and we'll just unload them as soon as we get back. But uh, my wife had four T-shirts she brought with her. These were pretty expensive shirts. She had them on hangers. That's how much she valued them. Decided to leave them in the room. So we're like, okay, nothing's going to be going to happen to the shirts. They'll be cool. I don't think anybody's going to walk in here and steal them. So we go to Louder Than Life. Had an awesome time. Got to check out some awesome sets. Uh, Nine Inch Nails was everything I thought they would be and more. Uh, they played some songs I didn't really list, hadn't heard, hadn't listened to. But, man, they... They capped off the last five or six songs. Uh, they did I'm Afraid of Americans, which is one of my favorite songs they do with David Bowie. Then they did uh, Head Like a Hole. Uh, you know, they did Close to Did All the, you know, the stuff that you would expect to hear at a Nine Inch Nails show. Um, Tenacious D kicked ass. Uh, they played on one of the smaller stages at the venue, and I think their crowd was just as big as the crowd that was watching Bring Me the Horizon on the main stage. Had an incredible turnout for them. Didn't get to hear uh, Master Exploder, which is my favorite song by them. But you know what? I still got to see them. Had a really cool moment where uh, Amy Lee from Evanescence came out and sang Kyle Quits the Band with them, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, also got to see some uh, sets that day from a lot of cool bands. Uh, we got to see... I didn't get to see Spirit Box. It's a little bummed out about, about but uh, Evanescence always puts on a good show. Uh, we caught the tail end of Ministry, which those guys are pretty intense. Uh, not getting to the venue too much later, so we didn't get to check out some of the earlier bands. But all in all, good time going in. So we get back to our room. Or we actually, before that, we get back to Shepherdsville. And we decided that we're super hungry. We hit up a Waffle House, which is like two minutes from our venue. Waffle House is always a concert staple of my wife and I. As we hit it up at least once every time we go to a music festival, whether it's Louder Than Life, uh, Sonic Temple, whatever. It's kind of tradition at this point. So we get to Waffle House. Uh, wasn't super crowded. Uh, had one waitress working. We did get... Uh, Manning the Grill, John, who is part of their Million Dollar Club, which I had to look that up. And apparently, if you're part of the Million Dollar Club, you've done a lot of cooking for Waffle House. It's if you've cooked over a million dollars worth of meals, you get this shirt. So, seeing that after I looked it up, I was like, oh man, we're in fucking good hands here. This is going to be smooth sailing. Uh, the waitress seemed to be very absent-minded. Seemed like she was kind of... I've never been in the service industry, so... I can't, you know, sit there and complain. I don't know how it is when crowds start coming in. I don't know how easily I would be flustered. But she seemed to be a little absent-minded. took her, geez, about 30 minutes to come ask us if we wanted a drink. Uh, We had almost left a couple of times, but each time we started to leave, I think she sensed it. Her waitress senses were tingling and said, hey, I at least need to go check on these people. So we... She comes over and says, I'll get your drinks in just a minute. And then, of course, she forgets about us and tends to somebody else. Just not a very good experience. It took us about an hour and a half to get, essentially, they have some new thing called a hash brown bowl. And my wife got some hash browns. and It was a very simple meal that should have taken 15 minutes. 
Needless to say, we were there for a while. So we check back into our hotel room. We unload our bags, wiped out from the whole day, get ready to sit down, and my wife notices that her shirts that she left there early on were gone. Nowhere to be found. They were not in a drawer. They weren't on the bed. They were gone. So I go down to the front desk. Guy working the front desk was super nice about it, but he said he didn't know. No one left any shirts up front. Had to contact housekeeping in the morning. So, all right, got report back to her saying nothing we can do till morning. She's obviously irate thinking that somebody had come in and stolen her shirts, which she uh, takes very great pride in. These are really cool shirts, super expensive ones too. So I could easily see somebody being upset about it. So we wait till morning. We get to the front desk again. The GM of the hotel is working. Uh, he goes right on the defensive, thinks that we're accusing him of stealing. We're not. We're just trying to figure out where our shirts are at. Uh, then he makes a call to his head housekeeper, who he just lays the accolades on. He says that his housekeeper is been with him for years. He knows the drill. Essentially calls him the best in the business. Uh, if I would imagine if there were a housekeeping Olympics that ran every year, this guy would have been involved in them. Chances are he probably had a good shot at getting a housekeeping medal or a golden broom or whatever they give away at the housekeeping Olympics. I don't know um, if that's a real thing. If it's not, it should be. Sounds like a cool event to go to. Put it in Vegas. They do all the weird shit there. Um, housekeeper of the year comes down. He has the shirts. All is saved. So, got shirts back, but it was just kind of a wild experience to be missing shirts out of anything that could have been taken. Uh, I guess my intuition was correct not to leave our bags there because who knows what have happened to the bags. Um, but Saturday or Friday, awesome time. Got to see the mighty Slipknot, who we have seen countless times before. Those guys, anytime you see Slipknot, you're guaranteed to see a good show. Um, got to hear a couple of the songs from the new album. Um, you know, um, just a good time. We ended up leaving a little early just because it. Uh, the venue does seem to get packed. It, traffic sometimes could be a nightmare getting out of there. We did find a really cool route to get out of. So instead of waiting to get out, for an hour, we waited about 20 minutes to get out, which is super nice. I got to see some kick-ass sets from uh, Amigo the Devil, who it seems like every year at these festivals, which is another good reason to go to one of the DWP festivals if you're a fan of the rock genre. Always find artists there that you've never heard that you become a fan of. Amigo the Devil is one of those guys for me. He was kind of like a um, kind of a country rock act. Uh, kind of in the vein of like a, a George Jones a little bit. Uh, I don't know how to really describe him, but he was super cool, had a lot of cool songs, and actually very funny on stage too. Uh, his uh, backdrop was uh, Little Kitten Cats, so that was kind of nice. Uh, got uh, In Flames was awesome. Uh, I never really give those guys enough credit for being very good live. Always put on a good show. Um Followed up by Clutch. Uh, this was kind of the metal day, so you got to see a lot of the bands 
They're more of the heavier side play. Uh, clutch is always strong. Um, and it was just like one after another. We got Clutch in this moment put on a good show, although they're not the best band to see at a festival setting because they cut they have to cut their set short because Maria Brink has a lot of uh, wardrobe changes. She's uh, more on the theatrical side of the rock and roll, so you don't get to get as many songs as you like to hear, but they still always put on a good show. They got followed by Mastodon, which Mastodon is always killer live. One of my favorite live bands to see uh, touring the road right now. I uh, was looking forward to seeing them. They were one of my bands to see, although I've seen them countless times. Um, we did notice a trend at the festival that every every day there seemed to be a conflict of a band that two bands playing at the front main stages and then at the back side stages that were uh, we had to choose one or the other. Uh, for Friday, it was choosing between Lamb of God or Guar. Um, we opted to go with Guar simply because we were with a couple of friends, and we were kind of curious to see the reaction of my friend's wife's face watching a Guar show, because anybody that's seen Guar live knows that uh, it's not really grotesque, but it's a wild, wild show. You will get doused with paint. You will get to see people get ripped, like stuffed. Animatronic people get ripped open. Uh, body parts flying everywhere. Just a super fun show. So we opted for Guar, although reports from uh, reading on uh, the social media pages, there's tons of Louder Than Life fan pages that are set up. Uh, f- friends that are at the festival that decided to see Lamb of God uh, said they had one of the best sets of the whole festival. I do kind of regret seeing, you know, missing that, but I mean, I've seen Lamb of God tons, so I was okay missing them. Uh, but yeah, it just, it's one of those things where it seemed like every day there was a conflict and this was probably the worst of the whole weekend. Um, but then, uh, after that we caught a little bit of Shinedown set, uh, wife and I are not huge Shinedown fans. If you are, I totally get it. They are good live, just musically, they just don't do anything for me. Um, but they always put on a good show. Uh, then they got the crowd ready for Slipknot, which I said at the offsuit, offset. Amazing uh, show. Got a really cool stage set up. Got all these kind of like screens that go above the band. Uh, Slipknot's always a terrific live band. If you haven't seen them, I highly recommend checking them out. Although, last I've read, they could be, after this latest run they could be done for a little while so there's still some dates left uh if you get a chance go check them out um well after the show we got out super early uh another food debacle we opted to get a domino's pizza which uh, there was a domino's within five minutes of our hotel uh didn't really feel like driving uh had been a little Little tips, I mean, enough to drive home. I don't encourage anyone to drink and drive. Please don't do that. But uh, I didn't really feel like going out to get a pizza afterward. And figured, oh, it's five minutes. They'll they'll deliver it. So I hop on the old Domino's app, tell them where our hotel's at. They say they can't deliver to this this hotel that we're staying at. However, there's a hotel right across the street. So I decide, you know what, fuck it. I'll go pick up the pizza, and as I'm walking out to my car to go drive over there, I see a Domino's delivery driver at the hotel directly across the street from us. 
So, uh, case in point, next time I decide to order a pizza, and if I stay at that hotel, I'll just have them deliver it to the front desk of the hotel across the street. But I just, I don't know what it was about this town. They just seem to be determined to not let us get food in a timely timely manner. I don't know what it was, but uh, got our pizza, woke up Saturday. Saturday was the day I was looking forward to the most. There's tons of good bands on there. Um, tried to get there in time for Airborne, who I was really looking forward to seeing. But uh, once again, the town of Shepherdsville just decided they it was not in our our cards to uh, get us food in a timely manner. We opted to get lunch before the show. Decided to stop at a Frisch's in Shepherdsville. Uh, the, I know from my experiences here where I live, Frisch's is like on it. They usually get our food out very fast after you order it, but uh, took them about 45 minutes to get our food. So we missed Airborne, which I was kind of disappointed in. Wife was super bummed out I missed them, but I don't know. It's just like Shepherdsville is just determined to fuck us over somehow. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to see Airborne, but... Um, they get to see some cool, ba- cool bands. Uh, Pop Evil, always a good show. Kind of checked out some of the other um, amenities that were on site. There was a really cool bar called the Headbangers Hall, which um, Iron Maiden puts out a good beer called the Trooper, which I'm a fan of. They were serving. That was the only place that I knew of that you could get it, so we decided to go in there and hop, see what all the hubbub was about. They were having special guest bartenders there, but we apparently missed that uh, I believe it was the lead singer of Theory of a Dead Man was the bartender that day, but they had people from Guar come up and uh, bartend uh, Danny Hayes, who's pretty popular on social media. If you follow the Danny Wimmer Presents Festivals, he was guest bartending too, I guess. So, um, so we went just kind of checked out the site, and then Pop Evil came on. Pop Evil is always a cool band to see. They always put on a good live show. Uh, we got Seven Dust, then uh, Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains. Uh, Allison Chains performed on Sunday night, which we did not go to, uh, unfortunately. Uh, work uh, obligations would not allow us to go Sunday because we had to be back at the butt crack of dawn to work on Monday, and Anybody that's made the trek from Louisville to Southwest Ohio knows that's quite a drive. And I don't think any of us would have been in a condition to go to work on three hours of sleep after the festival. So um, didn't get to see Allison Chains, but Jerry Cantrell was good. He put, played a couple of Allison Chains songs, which was kind of cool. Played some of his solo stuff, which I was always a fan of. Um, and then, of course, uh, the last three bands of the night were uh, Alice Cooper, who puts on a phenomenal show. Uh, I will, I don't know if this is a hot take, maybe a medium take, maybe a cold take. I don't know, but I thought Alice Cooper was the best band of the weekend. That guy has put in the years. You can tell he's a phenomenal showman. It He, he knows how to entertain a crowd. Um, he was awesome. Uh, Rob Zombie went on right after him. Zombie is kind of like 
you can always say that there's few things that are certain in life, and that's death, taxes, and Rob Zombie's always going to put on a good show. I've never seen a bad Rob Zombie performance, and I think I've seen him more times than anybody with the exception of Metallica because he plays these festivals all the time, and then he's always touring on the... Uh, they used to do Ticketmaster, did a Ticket to Rock package where you could get like so many rock shows and it seemed like Rob Zombie was on always on one of those bills so I've seen him numerous times but never disappointed fun fact it's also my son's first show is Rob Zombie so I've seen him a bunch and then Kiss who I'd never seen before I couldn't decide whether I was more excited to see Kiss or whether I was excited more excited to see Nine Inch Nails but uh I mean Kiss you they're a little long in the tooth you could tell that they're uh, in their 70s, uh, Paul Stanley sometimes had a little trouble singing, but, man, in terms of sheer spectacle, uh, they were phenomenal. They were everything I thought they would, would have been and more. I kind of was a little lackluster uh, feeling at first. I thought it could have been I was tired, was ready to go home, but after sitting and thinking about it for a couple of days, man, Kiss was fucking awesome. Um. I'm glad I was able to see them. They knocked out most of the stuff that uh, I always wanted to hear them play. Um, any old ECW fan will know that uh, Kiss was uh, Taz's former theme song. They uh, Taz used to come out to War Machine, which that was my inter- first introduction to that song. I never had really heard it until I started watching ECW, but they played War Machine, so I was fucking super pumped about that. Um yeah, I mean, we got the the, the sheer spectacle. Uh, even got to see uh, Paul Stanley do the uh, where he zips across the stage to where they did uh, "I Was Made for Loving You." Uh, so that was super cool. But yeah, Kiss was fucking awesome. Um, I would say probably my three favorite acts of the whole weekend were Kiss, Alice Cooper. I don't know, it's tough between Tenacious D and Nine Inch Nails. Uh, I might give the slight edge to Nine Inch Nails just because they pulled out the Bowie, the song with Bowie, which that's that's an awesome song. That's during, uh, they made that during uh, David Bowie's industrial phase where he was kind of starting to get into that genre. He did some stuff for the Seven soundtrack. He had the album that came out. It was more on the industrial side, but, man, that's such a killer tune. I even said to my wife, I was like, I'd love to hear that, but I don't think they're going to play it, but they did. So, super pumped about that. Um, Anybody that's interested in a a good way to spend a weekend, highly recommend checking out any of the DWP festivals. They've got, I think the last one of the year is Aftershock in a couple of weeks. Uh, That's headlined by Kiss, My Chemical Romance, Muse, and I forget the fourth band that's headlining that. But, yeah, it's such a good time. Uh, They're coming back to Louisville next year, next September. So definitely go check them out if you can. You can even buy tickets right now, too, which is really cool. Um, Slipknot is the other headliner, by the way. So, yeah, I said get a chance to see Slipknot before they go off the road. Uh, There's your chance. Um, But, yeah, you can buy tickets for next year right now. They also do the uh, Incarceration Festival, which is the really cool setup at the Mansfield Reformatory, uh, the old prison in Ohio. Uh, Those of you that have listened to 
some of our old movie episodes. We did the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, that's where that was filmed at. And then they do Welcome to Rockville, which is in uh, Jack, or no, not Jacksonville. It's in Daytona Beach. It's at the Daytona Motor Speedway. And I hope that they bring Sonic Temple back to Columbus, which that's uh, that's our hometown festival. That's like right in our backyard. So we always try to make it a point to go to that. Um, yeah, uh, such a good time. Highly recommend checking them out. Uh, yeah, good time. Um, but leading into our featured story of the week, which is uh, week three of the NFL, uh, I will be perfectly honest with you guys and gals. I did not get a chance to watch much football this weekend. Uh, we got back into town much later than we had hoped on Sunday, and that was due once again to a uh, Shepherdsville eatery deciding to keep us in town much later than we wanted to. Um, there was a really cool Denny's set up right across the street from our hotel. It was set up like one of them steel diners. So we decided to go hit that up before we w- we went home. Um, got a seat at the bar. I was even telling my wife, I said, this is where you get to see the magic happen. This is like you you will get to see how the magician cuts the woman in half in the box. This is You're in the prime, prime real estate right here. Um, we waited for 45 minutes. All we had received is coffee. Decided to check on our food to see what was going on because we needed to get back into town. Um, our waitress was kind of flustered as well. They seemed to be getting quite busy in there. She had told us that she'd put in the ticket 25 minutes after we had ordered, which was kind of frustrating, but was what it was. And then... Oh, about 10 minutes later, she comes back and asks us, what did we order because she can't find our ticket anywhere? <laughs> so we had sat in a Denny's waiting for almost an hour, no food, and she lost our ticket. So we just up and left. So uh, wasn't able to watch much football because we wanted to get home to our kids. So I wasn't able to watch much Um what I did see, though, a couple big upsets. Uh, the number one and number two ranked teams in the Couch Potato podcast uh, NFL power rankings went down. The Bills lost to the Dolphins in a very tight game. Um, it seemed like Buffalo just kind of didn't really have an answer. Uh, even scored some points on a blocked punt off the uh, Miami Dolphins center's butt, the butt punt. But, uh, yeah, the Buffalo Bills, they, I think they seen where they ran – they had ran 40 or 45 more plays than the Dolphins did. They kept the ball for a lot longer than the Dolphins had it, which blows my mind that they were still uh, – they still didn't win that game. But, um, yeah, kind of a mild upset. Um, I mean, I figured that was going to be a little bit tighter of a game than I thought. Uh, but, man, the Dolphins um, – they could go into December. They, I mean, there's a, a decent chance they could go into December undefeated. Uh, their schedule kind of sets up quite nicely. They have a short week this week. They play the Bengals. But uh, they go into December pretty easy. I mean, they got some games against some teams that might be kind of tough, might give them some problems, but they're winnable games. It's not like they're going up against – the Bills again anytime soon. But then their December gets kind of 
pretty tough. So there's a chance that the wheels could fall off by then. But, yeah, the Dolphins, uh, I don't know whether to crown them the best team in the NFL right now. We'll find out once I reveal the updated couch potato rankings. Um, number two, the Chiefs. Uh, they lost to the Colts, who I said last week were one of the teams I uh, said was in trouble. Um, defense was able to hold, which always been the strong point of the Colts, held the Chiefs in check. Uh, then the Colts were able to protect statuesque Matt Ryan in the pocket enough to where he could uh, get them in position to score points and to win the game. So maybe the Colts are not in as much trouble as we thought. So, but, um, yeah, it's weird to see the Chiefs lose. I mean, I like I said, I didn't get a chance to watch any of the games, so I don't know exactly what caused that to go down, but it's still – Still uh, quite a big shakeup when the arguably the two best teams in the NFL league going into the week three lost. So um, outside of that, um, Bengals got back on track. So I don't know if we gave the Colts and the Bengals bulletin board material by saying they stunk. I even titled the last uh, week's episode, The Colts and the Bengals Suck. So maybe they seen they took, you know, Ombridge to that decided to stick it to us and win. The Bengals should have beat the Jets, though. They that was a no-brainer game. They should have won. They did everything they were supposed to. Although, I mean, they still the passing game, considering all the weapons they have on offense, they still look shaky. Um, they should be blowing teams out. If you've got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Board as your receivers, you got Mixon in the backfield. There's no way you shouldn't be scoring tons of points, but. This could have been one of those games where they just tried to right the ship. They kept Burrow level most of the game uh, and just let the defense kind of make their plays. They kind of went back to the try-and-true formula. Went uh, won them a lot of games last year where they just kind of let the DBs do their thing and then created some pressure up front. So Bengals back on track. I don't know uh, – if it's just one of those things where Burrow not getting to play a lot of the preseason, uh, shorter preseason schedule, whether it's just it's taking these guys time to gel. And then maybe this is the catalyst that kicks the Bengals off into, uh, you know, a nice winning streak. Time will tell still way early in the season to over or underreact to a lot of the, uh, the team's records right now. Um, Chargers also lost. Uh, very tough. I know I, I, both Lucas and I had them going pretty far, but now they stand at one and two. Uh, I think it was one of those games that, if I'm pretty sure now looking back in hindsight, if the uh, Brandon Staley knew that they were going to lose this game, I doubt they would have played Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's hurt. Uh, you didn't have Bre- uh, Keenan Allen in this game too, so I don't understand why Justin Herbert opted to tough it out and play. Should have just taken the week of rest. Got yourself right. Still a long season ahead of you. One game is not going to – well, I guess in the AFC it could, but not going to really be the uh, the end-all, be-all. Um, I think they'll be fine in the long run. Um, I did get to watch the Sunday night game. Um, what is going on with the Denver Broncos? 
Um, I thought they were a dark horse contender to make a Super Bowl run. Uh, they have the defense in place, a lot of weapons at Russell Wilson's disposal, have two good receivers, great running backs, solid offensive line, but they have looked absolutely horrible the first three weeks of the season. And I don't know if this is, once again, Russell Wilson I know didn't play any of the preseason, so I don't know if this is one of those instances where he's trying to get himself in the playing shape and he's trying to you know, create some rapport with his receivers, but they have looked absolutely atrocious, and there is no way I feel comfortable, even though they are 2-1, and one, that I feel comfortable looking at them as a strong contender out of the AFC. I think I read a stat, too, that they have not averaged 21 points a game since 2015, which is quite a staggering stat, especially in today's NFL where it's more you try to slow offenses down versus being able to stop them. But, I mean, Russell Wilson has not looked like Russell Wilson. It seems like he's kind of fallen off of a cliff since that run in 2020 where he came out of the gate just firing on all cylinders and looked like he was going to run away with the MVP. And then ever since then, he's just has not been the same player. Then he got hurt last year. I thought that might have been part of why he struggled. I thought he was a strong bounce-back contender, especially going into a new city. But, yeah, Broncos did not look good. Uh, 49ers also did not look very good either. Uh, they also lost Trent Williams, the all-pro offensive tackle. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I mean, Trent Williams was the anchor of that offensive line. Without him, Garoppolo is going to be in some trouble. And the offense, I mean, they brought back just about everybody from last year. Uh, Debo's got his new deal. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has looked really good. Uh, I know they lost Elijah Mitchell. Jeff Wilson's a serviceable back back there, but their offense has really struggled too. And, I mean, they're still in a good shape because I think how weak the NFC looks. Um, but, yeah, both those teams were in trouble, and that was probably one of the worst Sunday night games I have watched in recent memory. I mean, I was on the struggle bus Sunday night trying to finish that whole thing off. I did primarily just so I could talk about it a little bit on this show since I didn't get to watch much of the games. But, man, like I couldn't I have gotten like the Bills and the Dolphins on Sunday night or something. Uh, I'm sure when they make the schedules this early in the year that they don't think about, hey, the Dolphins are going to be pretty good and the Broncos are going to suck. Bad Sunday night game. Hopefully uh, better games on the horizon. Um, of course, my team, those of you that have listened to our show, know that I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, I know after the Dak Prescott injury, I did not have high hopes on them making the playoffs. And I thought for sure that they were going to be in big trouble. But uh, Cooper Rush has kind of did all right. He's uh, making enough plays to keep him honest. And that Dallas Cowboys defense is looking terrifying. Uh, Micah Parsons is an off or a defensive just game wrecker. Like the likes I haven't seen in quite a long time. It's just, he is so disruptive to opposing offenses. Cooper Rush did enough to win. Uh, got a really good performance out of the backfield from Tony Pollard and Zeke. Zeke has come alive this week. I don't know if that's playing the Giants, but he looked a little bit more Zeke-esque. 
still not a fan of that contract and now I kind of kick myself as a Dallas fan by wanting them to pay him that kind of money. Um, just kind of goes to show you now how devalued the running back position is in the NFL at this point. Um, when you're getting more production out of the cheaper backup than you are the higher paid, you know, stud at running back. But, hey, a win's a win. I will take it. They go into the season two and one, which makes me happy. Uh, still behind the Eagles, but uh, nonetheless, uh, they are in much better shape than I thought they were going to be. Because I thought for sure that they would be dead. Dead in the water. They've got the Commanders coming up, which uh, I think could be a winnable game. Um, so they could go into week five, three and one. Uh, then they, I know they have not said there was a timetable for Dak's return, but uh, I think they're leaning more towards the sooner rather than the later. So Dallas is looking like they're in pretty good shape in a very winnable NFC where a lot of the premier teams are not looking so good right now in that conference. Uh, the Giants, on the other hand, um, I mean, they kind of, I mean, they pulled off the upset against the Titans. I didn't really expect this to last. Uh, going up against uh, Micah Parsons and that Cowboys defense. I mean, Daniel Jones was running for his life the entire night. Uh, that's what happens when you have no time to uh, throw and you are not really that great of a playmaker when you're under pressure. Uh, so I just got in the blueprint on how to beat the Giants. Uh, but, hey, you know, the NFC's wide open this year, so maybe maybe there's a chance the Giants could sneak in. I doubt it because <clears throat> I think some of these teams have looked kind of poor going into the season. Uh, they'll, they'll improve, so – but, uh, yeah, that's all the football I, I got to watch this weekend, gang. I do apologize. I do like to come a little bit more prepared, but I only got to watch the two games, so um, not as well thought out of an episode this week as I'd like. But uh, still, I got to watch enough highlights. Did a lot of reading, so I, I've been able to make at least somewhat of a, informed decisions on this. So uh, this is going to be a little bit of a more shorter episode than we're – we normally put out, so uh, without further ado, I will give you the Couch Potato Power Rankings for Week 4. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you do know that our Power Rankings are a little different. We don't do this on a year basis. These are just the five best teams of the week. Um, number five, the Green Bay Packers. It looks like they've kind of righted the ship. Um they seem to be finding different ways to win. Um, not a great offensive performance by any means, but it looks like the defense kind of carried them a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I got to put the Packers at 5, 2, and 1. They did beat the previously undefeated Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they have uh, not looked like the Tampa Bay of old. I will give them a pass this week because they were without uh, – now, Mike Evans was suspended because uh, his brouhaha with Marshawn Lattimore, Chris Godwin was out too, so they didn't have a lot of weapons. Oh, uh, Julio Jones also out, so he was without his top three receivers, and they just really couldn't get anything going with uh, Leonard Fournette. He was pretty much down to Russell Gage, 
and Cole Beasley, who they had just signed earlier in the week, and Brashad Perryman. So not the normal uh, crew that Tom Brady's accustomed to throwing to. I think Tampa Bay will be fine, but I do think that they're not as good as I thought they were going to be going into the season. They just I don't know. They seem to be a step slower than years past. I don't know if, once again, Brady being out, and I think this is kind of a good lit- litmus test this year to see how quickly teams get out of the gate with this shortened preseason schedule. And it might – you might see some stuff next year where teams start to adjust a little bit on how they operate under the preseason. Uh, Tom Brady didn't play quite a bit. He didn't practice for, I think, two weeks because of some issue, which now we've come to find out he's having marital problems. So he missed some time – some valuable practice time he could have had with his receivers too. And, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, you could be playing with a guy for 10 years. I mean, you still need to get those reps in to where you can build rapport. So, I mean, Tampa Bay could be fine, and who knows? They could just be – they get Evans back, and then, like, they're going to take their frustrations out on the league throughout the rest of the year. But um, I have to give the Packers their due. I think I'd put them at number five. They just – they found a way to win. Um, and with the NFC being weaker than normal this year, that could be how you see the Green Bay Packers win a lot of their games, too. I think they pretty much are the favorite in the NFC North still, even though they lost their first game to the Vikings. It could be one of those things where they just kind of experiment with different game plans to see how they can beat teams. And you might be seeing a lot more of these 14-13 to 13 10-7, you know, low-scoring affairs some weeks, and you might see the 42-35 to 35 games some other weeks. I don't know, but, I mean, they kind of have the room to do that considering this conference is fairly weak. I, I still like their chances to go to the Super Bowl. So I have to give the Packers their due. They've seemed to have righted the ship back to 2-1. and one. They're my number five team. Number four is the Colts. They did – or not the Colts, sorry. Colts definitely not my, not number four. The Chiefs would be number four. Uh, I still think they're probably one of the best teams in the AFC going forward. Uh, played a tough team on the road. Looked like the game plan to stop, take away whatever they could from uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they seem to have corrected some of the issues early. And maybe they just caught the the Chiefs off guard. I still think that the Chiefs are probably one of the best teams in the AFC, not the best. So not to worry about them, even though they fall from four or from two to four. Uh, Buffalo, Bills, I give them number three. I think they're going to be fine. I think it was just a, one of those games that you should win, but you just don't. Every team has one, it seems like, every year. I think the Buffalo Bills will be fine. I personally still think they're probably the along the Chiefs, the, the two best teams in the AFC. I think Buffalo will be fine. Nothing to really worry about. Just just one of those games that happens sometimes. So uh number two, I would have to say would be the Philadelphia Eagles. That offense of the Eagles is looking very, very scary. They are starting to look like a legitimate threat in the NFC. Um I don't know if I'd want to play them in December. I mean, it seems like the game plan, at least early on, was stop the run and make Jalen Hurts beat you. 
And Jalen Hurts is doing exactly that. He looks like he's really developed as a passer this season. Of course, getting a legit number one has helped. But uh, Eagles looking really good. I can't really see uh, too much uh, st- drop off from them the rest of the year. I think they will probably win the NFC East. Um, yeah, I Eagles got to be number two. I would put them at number one, but I have to give them the number one spot to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, coming off two incredibly strong wins against the upper echelon of the AFC, they beat they came from behind to beat the Baltimore Ravens last week, which was an incredible game. And then they knock off the number one team in the NFL. Most people are considering the Buffalo Bills the best team in the NFL, us included. I thought that there was no chance that uh, Miami would win this. And I know they had Buffalo at home, but even though it was an ugly win, still a win nonetheless, I, I am fairly confident that the Dolphins are going to be Hanging around the top five for a little while, I really, like I said, I've seen their schedule. It's looking pretty cake up until December. Uh, Let me take a look here real quick for you guys and gals just to give you an idea who they have coming up. But it looks pretty winnable going into the season for a while. Yeah, uh, after Cincinnati, they get the Jets, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Lions, the Bears, the Browns, and the Texans. Uh Honestly, the only two games in that slate that look kind of scary to me would be the Bengals and the Vikings. And I would even say just the Bengals simply because <clears throat> you got to give them the benefit of the doubt because they are the defending AFC champion. Short week. I believe that game is in Cincinnati. Yeah, it is in Cincinnati. Um, maybe they've figured some things out. Maybe they'll be improved. And then the Vikings, who knows what Vikings team they get. But the rest of those teams, I maybe maybe the Lions. The Lions offenses look pretty, pretty solid. Uh, Lions are a very fun team to watch. Guaranteed to be in a shootout, at least from the early going. So maybe that could be one of those teams that just kind of comes out of nowhere and knocks them off. But that schedule looks pretty winnable for the next few weeks for the Dolphins. So I have a feeling that the Dolphins are going to be hanging out in that top one, two, three spot for quite a while. So that's our power rankings for this week. Uh, sorry we couldn't do a little bit more NFL talk, but like I said, coming home from a festival two hours later than I had anticipated kind of didn't give me a lot of time to watch many of the games. So, But we will be back next week with uh, week four reactions. Um don't know what else we're going to talk about yet. I do have a guest lined up for next week, so this will be the last week. Hopefully, you guys have to listen to me drone on for what is now 46 minutes right now. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back on track next week. Um, let me know your thoughts on Louder Than Life. Uh, those of you that went, how was Sunday? How were the Red Hot Chili Peppers? How was Alice in Chains? Uh, what did you think of the festival? Uh, and then, yeah, NFL fans uh, – let me know what I missed. I want to hear your reactions. Uh, did I get the power rankings right this week? Uh, should uh, the Chiefs be off the top five? Should Buffalo be higher even though they lost? Uh, what about the Packers? Should somebody else be in that fifth spot? I don't know. Just my thoughts. Let us know, though. Uh, feel free to email the show at couchpotatopodcast at gmail.com. 
You can find us on uh, Twitter at Couch Bro Podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook, on Instagram, even on TikTok. You can follow us on there. Check out what we got. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later. And be good and be good to each other. And that will do it for today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get all the latest show updates. If you did like what you heard today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We drop episodes each and every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later.